Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hello, my friends. How is it going today? I hope that you guys are finding some way to stay warm. It's January. If you're listening to this later, wherever you're at, I know that some of you live in wonderful places in January. I do not. <laughs> it's not been terrible here in Ohio this this winter so far, but you know, I I really do thrive on warmer temperatures. Last week we got our very first exposure positive exposure to COVID, my four-year-old and I did. So we've been quarantining and it's been pretty funny because, I mean, with the CDC, the quarantining is up tomorrow, but I noticed that my life didn't actually change. (laughs) It's funny when you're like, oh, my life is quarantined. So I know some of you can relate. So just thought I'd share that with you. We tested, we didn't test positive. We tested negative a few days ago and we're feeling really good. So I think that we're in the clear, but my goodness, if you're anything like me, everybody you know right now has had COVID or is having it right now. So if you've got medical conditions, please stay safe. I know we are trying to as well. Okay. So today I wanted to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart It's something that I have struggled with um, living in our culture and something that I um, really had to look at internally, especially when I first got diagnosed. And this is the concept of toxic positivity. (laughs) All right. So if you are part of the chronic illness community, it's probably something that you come across as well. I know that growing up, pretty much the only examples that I ever heard of somebody who had been sick was somebody sharing over the pulpit at church about how their aunt so-and-so got this illness and she never complained once. And she was such an example and they hope that they can be like that too. And that's our example of how we're supposed to act as potentially sick people. At least in my mind, that was the precedence. People want to see people that have sicknesses and they want to glorify like how brave they are and how strong they are in the face of this. And the problem with this is that it really disconnects us from our humanity. And we're going to talk about this and dive into it and explain what you can do with toxic positivity and all of that. Okay. So first of all, if you are someone with a chronic illness, something has happened to your body and it's It can be so confusing, especially if you are used to being a high achiever, an overachiever, someone who always thinks about other people first. After a diagnosis, you're forced to think about yourself in this way, sometimes for the first time. And you've put everyone else's needs before your own, but now your body is letting you know that it's not okay. Now, not taking care of yourself or managing your stress levels 
may or may not have contributed to your health, but right now not taking care of yourself is not helping you. So once you kind of get this blow of being dealt with a diagnosis, it can really be devastating, right? And then here comes the (laughs) well-wishers. Many of them will have kind and encouraging things to say, but inevitably there's going to be a few spouting toxic positivity. They will tell you that there's a reason for this happening or that it's not that big of a deal or keep your chin up. They will tell you to just be grateful for what you have. Now, I personally don't really fault these people because they're spouting what society has told them is important. They are giving these platitudes that are incredibly unhelpful in our situation, but that's all they know how to do. That's what our society has valued. But the biggest problem, I think, is when we hold these toxic positivity beliefs in our own minds, and then we use them against ourselves, okay? So what exactly is toxic positivity? Very Well Mind says that toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult the situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. UW Medicine says that toxic positivity involves dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. It comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions. It is often well-intentioned, but can cause alienation and a feeling of disconnection. Okay. So if you think about this in terms of the model, which I love to explain everything in, the model shows us that emotions and feelings are created by our thinking. Toxic positivity is believing that we shouldn't have to feel negative emotions or that it's bad to feel negatively. Like that's why some people will tell you positive vibes only because we don't want to deal with the negativity. We think that it's bad to feel negative, which is actually the opposite. <laughs> okay, when you got sick with your chronic illness, you probably didn't feel happy about it. It can be uncomfortable to live in a body that has extreme exhaustion, physical pain, nausea, all sorts of symptoms. You don't need to feel happy about that. You don't need to feel grateful for it. But toxic positivity is that belief that it's not okay to express that discomfort, that disappointment and grief. It's putting on that smiling face for everyone outside to see And then falling apart silently behind closed doors with only sharing this part of yourself with those closest around you because you just can't help but show them. You can't hide it from them. So I'll give you an example. In 2014, I knew something was wrong with my health, but I didn't want to deal with it or worry about it. I found out ways to hide my extreme fatigue and my lack of appetite, and it worked for a while until I got a blood draw for a life insurance policy and found out that I was so sick, I was eligible to be on the kidney transplant list. Everyone asked me, how is that possible? You're so healthy. You're really active. That can't be real. But it was my husband, who happened to be overseas in Japan at the time of this blood draw, who was the only one that believed the test results. Even I didn't. It's because he saw my health deteriorating in a way that I could hide from other people. 
And when I told him the news about the blood test, the only thing he said was, well, that makes sense. (laughs) I was so mad that he said that too. (laughs) I was more devastated by his response than anyone else's because I knew his was right. I knew that he knew me more than anyone else. And I wanted to be able to hide away the parts of me that were scary, the symptoms and the unexplained feeling just terrible. And it's completely understandable that I did that because we live in a society that values health and looks and looks down on people that are unhealthy or that need special adaptations. Our society does not make being disabled or chronically ill easy. There have been lots of improvements in policy over the years, but it's still hard to navigate a world built for able-bodied people. And the worst thing that can happen in a lot of people's minds is for their health to deteriorate. I was just talking to my son, my 14-year-old son about this. I was like, think about all of the hikes that we've been on, especially since COVID started. Like we have seen a lot of outdoors and a lot of nature. And I was just like, what about wheelchair users? And he's like, well, what about them? But I'm just like, they don't have access to this, to many of the trails that we went on. They're not paved. That and all of the experiences that we've had, we've been able to have in nature. They haven't been able to because our society is not accessible. People with different ability levels. And as somebody with chronic illness, you know that. You know a lot of the different ways that our society makes being chronically ill difficult. That's okay. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three ways to dispel toxic positivity in your life, okay? So when this comes up that I shouldn't feel bad about this or I'm just trying to remain positive, like that just, I, I, I need to stay positive if I let myself dip into this lower frequency energy, like that's going to contribute to my lack of health, like all of that thinking I'm going to give you three specific ways to combat that thinking, okay? The first one is I want you to check in with your body. As somebody with chronic illness, you are probably used to living in your head way more than you are into living into your entire body. Your body has probably been telling you so many times, stop, 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 when your brain says, let's just keep going, okay? So we're going to check in with your body and ask yourself, Are you resisting feeling a certain way because of how terrible it feels or how worried you are about feeling this way? You might be having some toxic, positive thoughts. It might be something like, I should just be grateful. Other people have it worse than me. This is not that bad. What's wrong with me? You'll especially know you're resisting feeling these emotions. If you find yourself feeling like you want to blow up and you just don't know why. I mean, you're telling yourself to be grateful. So why do you feel so bad? Like, shouldn't you be feeling grateful? The thing is, you're resisting how you're actually feeling. You might also be turning to other things to help make yourself feel better, like eating unhealthy food or scrolling through social media, anything to avoid feeling how bad this feels. If you're unfamiliar with emotional processing, you may not know why you feel so bad. And it's because you have these emotions created by your thinking about the situation that are not 
being allowed to be present in your body. You're pushing them away because you think they are negative and you shouldn't feel that. So instead, we're going to drop into our bodies. The easiest and fastest way I know is to pause and slow down your breath. Get clear with the message your body is trying to tell you. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Is your body asking you something? Is your body telling you something? I never used to do this. It was so foreign to me. Beginning a meditation practice really helped me to practice being the watcher of my thoughts and to listen to my body. I really love headspace. So often I would get all frazzled in my body. I would feel like there was just so much energy buzzing, but none of it was good. It all felt bad. I felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin and I didn't know what to do with the extra energy. So then I would usually release it by finding something someone was doing wrong and yelling at them. Mostly my kids. (laughs) Really helpful, right? Now with practice, I drop into my body by stopping what I'm doing pausing to listen to me by slowing down my breath. I breathe in my nose and out my mouth. I remind myself to relax. And depending on what I'm doing, I let my body go limp like a cooked spaghetti noodle. Now, after I've paid attention to all the tension I've created in my body and allowed myself to get out of that heightened state, a message usually becomes very clear. It might be something simple like, slow down, you're going too fast. Or it could be, I'm afraid you're going to do too much and then we aren't going to have any energy later. So I'm going to take away your energy now. I have a little negotiation session with my body and then I send her messages of safety. I let her know that it's safe to feel the way that she is feeling. If she's feeling anger or frustration or shame or guilt, any of that, I just let her feel that and let my body know it is safe for you to feel this emotion. And this continues to calm the stress response. It allows me to know that I can trust myself. I'll often tell my body, I hear you. I'm slowing down and only focusing on one thing at a time. Thank you for reminding me to take care of you. I love you and I want to do what's very best for us. Okay, so that was number one, checking in with your body. Okay, number two, this is the second thing that I do to combat toxic positivity in myself. I coach myself. I will sit down with a journal and write out everything that is going through my brain. Many coaches call this a brain dump. As I brain dump this information out, I'm able to see what thoughts are creating the feelings in my body. If I have a thought that brings me uncomfortable emotions, I lean into those emotions and make friends with them. My episode four, if you have not listened to it yet, please go back and listen. It talks about making friends with negative emotions and how to allow and process an emotion. Our bodies are incredible. They were physically made to be able to process any human emotion. We get into trouble when we think that we don't need to feel negative emotions or how we're back to that toxic positivity, that belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, 
People should maintain a positive mindset. I know you might not like this, but it is actually impossible to do this, which is why it feels so badly in the moment. We beat ourselves up for not being good enough to feel good all the time. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you a quick example. After I had my kidney transplant in 2018, I had a great deal of complications. Three months after the surgery, I was still in a lot of emotional distress about it. And I remember getting coached because I really thought I should be grateful for this kidney. And I thought this was a helpful thought for me because I should be grateful. Doesn't that bring gratitude? It does not. And I was not grateful. I was not grateful because of what the surgery meant in my mind. I made it mean that I had failed. I mean, they literally call it organ failure. (laughs) I made it mean that if I had been better or done better, I could have prevented this from happening in the first place. Anyhow, I thought that if I just focused on being grateful, that it wouldn't feel as bad. It was never the transplant that was the problem. It was always all the things that I made the transplant mean about me personally that were the problem. So when I finally expressed to the life coach that I was furious about my transplant surgery, she looked at me and said, we all know, we know how upset you are. I thought that I could just hide it, but you really can't hide your emotions if you don't allow them to be there. They get bigger and bigger until they explode. And the funny thing is that it wasn't until I allowed myself to be furious and so upset with the entire scenario that a little gratitude was able to bubble up. But it's only because I allowed myself to feel how I actually felt, not the toxic positivity that wants positive vibes only. Okay, this leads to the last component of how to deal with toxic positivity. And here it is. Stop arguing with the past. The past is past. There's nothing you can do about it, but decide how we will think about the past in our present. As Byron Katie puts it, if you argue with reality, you'll lose, but only every time. It's us not being willing to deal with what's happened in the past and the conclusions we've drawn about ourselves from it that keeps us suffering. It wasn't until I was able to allow myself to accept that I did get a transplant, but that it didn't mean that I had failed, that I was able to feel peace. Maybe there's something with your diagnosis too. Maybe you've been fighting reality about what you've been diagnosed with or how it's affecting your everyday. Maybe you're arguing with reality like I do a lot of mornings. I'm not supposed to wake up feeling nauseous. I got good sleep. I should feel better about this. I shouldn't have to deal with this first thing in the morning. But the truth is that I do. Most mornings deal with this. And of course, I can try to change my actions to help with the symptoms. And sometimes it helps or it doesn't. But the real power comes when I examine what I'm letting that situation mean and what I make it mean about me. If I let it mean that my life isn't fair and that I shouldn't feel this way, I'm just arguing with reality. When I allow myself self-compassion and to feel the nausea and the negative emotions in my body, after all of that processing and allowing, 
then comes an overwhelming feeling of contentment that cannot come any other way. All right. The next time you see toxic positivity in your life, don't be mad at it. Just allow it to show you where you've got some growth and learning to do. Because when you learn to accept all of the experiences in your life, be willing to feel all of the emotions in your life, and you don't fight against the negative ones, that's when you get to enjoy the full breadth of this thing we call life. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast on toxic positivity. And I would like to share with you one of my goals that I have for the podcast. I would love to get a hundred reviews on iTunes. Can you please help me get there? Because the more this podcast gets reviews, the easier it is for people that need it to be able to find it. And if this podcast episode has been helpful to you, please share it with someone you know who could benefit from this message. All right, don't forget to leave a review today. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go. 